Well, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Bob Martin. I'm lead pastor here at St. Paul. And um, as well as Pastor Pam, we are so glad to um, uh, be your clergy and to come and, and to be a part of all that God is doing here at our church. Uh, listen, um, St. Paul is a unique place. Would you agree with me on that? And I love to talk about the church. Um, I love to, to share what's happening in your lives. I love to share what's, what's happening in my life. And one of the things that, that I've always wanted to try to do in my ministry uh, throughout the years is to just be transparent and to be vulnerable. So uh, you've seen me in my times of excitement. You've seen me in my times of sorrow. You've seen me in my times of uh, trying to hmm, figure things out. And uh, today is one of those days where we're just going to give God a big high five. Amen. It's an opportunity for us to just celebrate uh, what God's goodness is in our life. So uh, somebody asked me one time, well, pastor, are you allowed to brag about your church? And the answer is yes. In fact, uh, the scriptures are very clear that if we are giving God the glory, if we are giving God the credit, if we are giving God just uh, the way to knock it out of the park, then it's fine. Where do we get that? Let me just take you back to the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah writes this. He says, this is what the Lord says. So anytime a prophet begins with those words, this is what the Lord says, we know it's coming from the heart of God. He says, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom or the strong man boast of his strength or the rich man boast of his riches, but let him or her who boasts boast about this, that, they under, that God understands and knows you. God understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, righteousness on earth, for in these I delight, declares the Lord. So God says he delights in declaring justice. He delights in declaring victories of things that move ministry and mercy and passion and compassion in the earth. And for those things, we are getting excited with God, with what God has to say. Paul, the great apostle, writes in both 1 and 2 Corinthians, he says that we are to boast in the Lord. So we are to tell the world of the good that God is doing. Specifically, he writes in um, Galatians 6.14, he says, may I never boast except in the cross of Jesus Christ. So we want to boast in the great works of what God is doing and how God is changing things through the world and through us. But you see, this is where I think the challenge comes. I don't think we brag on God enough. I think we, uh, we think that we're not allowed to do that. I think that, well, we're supposed to be humble and meek, and we're not supposed to tell the world of the great things that God has done. Listen, that, that, that's not true at all. We are to proclaim to the world the greatness of God. We are to herald to the world. We are to demonstrate through our lives and the ways in which God has touched us about how God is transforming and changing the world. Amen? And we are to let the world know, and I truly believe that there would be fewer people walking in darkness today if we, the people of the church, bragged on God, if we said that Jesus saves, Jesus is Lord, Jesus loves, Jesus is compassion, Jesus is forgiveness, if we share that good news. You see, churches are, are known for something, right? Um, how about the churches that are known for their architecture? So let's look at the uh, Cathedral of Notre Dame. I mean, look, think about the architecture, and, in, and our hearts grieved when it, when it burned um, a couple of months ago, but, but the spires that are on it, the arches, the beauty that's there. Remember the Crystal Cathedral uh, when uh, Schuler's ministry was at its prime in California. It was known because of its, its, its crystal in, in nature look and that the doors opened up to allow the parking lot people to, to participate in worship. Some churches are known for their pastors. 
Uh, take a look at North Point Church in Buckhead, outside of Atlanta. It's known for Andy Stanley. That's their pastor. Everybody knows Andy Stanley. Um, how about uh, that, that church in, in California that, that, they, that we all came to know their pastor when he wrote a little book that he wasn't sure would make a big difference called The Purpose Driven Life? You remember Rick Warren? Rick, so we know Saddleback Community Church because of Rick Warren. When I was growing up in Orlando, um, we knew First Orlando because we knew Jim Henry. Jim Henry was the pastor at First Orlando. Because of Jim Henry, everybody knew First Orlando. Well, I started thinking about St. Paul United Methodist Church, and I started thinking about, well, if churches are known for something, what is our church known for? Well, we're not really known for our buildings, and I wouldn't say that, that we're known for, like, you know, world-changing preaching, but, but we are known by these two things. We're known by a basin, and we're known by a towel. And when you think about the imagery of what this represents, we are known as a church that serves. We have a servant's heart. And that's what motivates us. That's what puts us out there. That's what makes us love our community in such a deep and, and progressive way that we love because we know we are called to serve. And if you are a part of St. Paul United Methodist Church, a basin and a towel is what you should be known for. You know, 10 years ago, Patty and I were asked by the bishop to come and to be uh, your, your clergy family. And, and what an honor that was. And a couple years after that, Pastor Pam was, was brought here as our deacon. And, and, and through the years of ministry, um, she and I and all of our staff, all of your staff, all of us together in our lay leadership, we've come to understand and know that the Holy Spirit is leading us to move outside of a building and into our community. Now, some will struggle with that because like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, some of us were raised to think that the church is a building, a physical brick and mortar thing. And I'm hoping that as we are going through this series, we learn that, that the church is much more than that. And so the Holy Spirit has been leading us outside of the building into our community beyond the attendance of every week, beyond what we can see, and to make sure that we're changing and transforming lives of those who are around us. The exciting thing is, is to see the relationships that we're building. We are building viable and valuable relationships in everything that we do. We are, we are partnering with our local governments. We are partnering with our, with our school partnerships. We are partnering with businesses who help contribute in a powerful way of the ministry and the purpose of who we are as we move into this world. We're reminded recently uh, that being in a global pandemic, that, that while people were screaming and crying, they've shut the church down, that we were not shut down. We were continuing to make a difference. I want to share with you just a, a, a smidgen, just a, a, a small portion. You know, I got, a, I got a text message earlier. Well, you didn't include my ministry. That This is just a small portion of what we've been able to do through God's leadership during this time of this pandemic. And as it says in the, in the Gospel of John, were we to account for everything, even the volumes of the books in the world could not keep track of it. But here's a couple of things that we've been able to do during this pandemic. Today, 317,520 pounds of food we have distributed through our Open Arms ministry. Amen, right? Dad? That's just through September. That doesn't even include what's happening this month and what will happen through the end of the year. And, and with that, we've partnered with other United Methodist churches. We've partnered with non-United Methodist churches. We've partnered with community groups. So we are now a hub of food distribution to individuals who are underfed in our community. Remember back when um, PPE was at its prime and, and people didn't know if they could you know, go to the hospital or work there because of a mask? 
We had 856 masks made by people in this congregation because of you, because of your love and your concern for safety, and we delivered those to the local hospitals. 115 prayer shawls. Prayer shawls have been knitted by individuals in our congregation, and, and what, what those do is it's, it's a garment of healing, that, and we've distributed these through 13 states as people from all over are wanting a prayer shawl. We went out and we said, okay, we want to do something significant for our partner schools. I'm married to a teacher. Many of you in our congregation are teachers. We have principals. Everybody was concerned about what's going to happen when we go back to school. And so we went out in force, and we stood in front of our partner schools, and we cheered on faculties. We cheered on workers. We cheered on individuals, letting them know that we were there for them. We were encouraging them to return to work with a smile on their face, to know that we loved them, that the people of St. Paul United Methodist Church were there to support them. The pandemic closed local businesses, but it did not close St. Paul United Methodist Church. And we continued to see as we had to pivot very quickly and to go totally virtual in everything that we did. But through God's blessing and through God's leadership, some significant things happened. We began to see a record number of people visiting our website, our homepage, over 12,305 persons visited our website during, during this, this time of this pandemic. And we've seen over 14,000 people um, connect with, with our worship and, and, and things that, that are happening. 16,000, look at there, 16,000 persons connect with us in a time of worship and engagement so that they knew that we were their partner, that we were here for them. But here's the really cool part. God's not going to end with that. God says, I'm just beginning. God says, this is a role, and, and he's empowering us to make a difference, to, to impact and to partner with God and to, to look in the face of all that we are dealing with and to say that we come in the name of the Lord. And because of that, God finds us faithful. God finds us faithful in doing the work. God is in the business of changing lives. And we saw that all throughout the ministry of Jesus, that, that Jesus came into the, the context of individuals and, and he began to heal them, he began to touch them, he began to preach them, he began to perform miracles. And we see that it's written in the book of Acts chapter 10, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and the power, and he went around doing good and healing all. Just like the prophet Jeremiah said, we should brag on the Lord. We should brag on what God is doing in our community and that we have the privilege to be his vessels, to be his arms and his legs and his mouthpieces, so to speak, to bring the good news into the world. James writes this, he says, come near to God and he will come near to you. And see, that's that invitation that God is constantly wooing us. It's called prevenient grace. That before we know God, before we're connected with God, before we even know that there is a God, that God knows us, that God is striving to reach out to us, that God is yearning to connect with us because he is connecting and he wants us to be in his fellowship. Jesus was constantly healing people and he was helping them through their life struggles. And remember what he did when he went into the temple and he opened the scroll of Isaiah and to the amazement of all the people that were there, he began to proclaim, 
the words of Isaiah, that the Spirit of the Sovereign God is upon me because God has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release from darkness from the prisoners, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Friends, we are in the year of the Lord's favor. And what a great opportunity it is for us to not just come and worship and see the awe of God, but to be part of God's plan to make a difference where we are. Jesus was not only healing people of sickness, of ailments. He was healing them of their sin. He was drawing them closer. He was calling them into the way of salvation. He was saying it's time to get right with God, and it's time to be the people that follows him. And he's still doing that today says in Hebrews that, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday as, as he is today, as he will be forever. God never changes. God never fails. He never gives up. He's always there, and God is with us always. One of my favorite stories in Scripture is in John chapter 4. If you haven't read John chapter 4, let me encourage you today, specifically this story, because I believe there's a reason why John is the only writer who put this in the Gospels. Because John gives us a book of what's called Christology, the understanding of the Christ, what Jesus and who Jesus is, and gives us a hint about Jesus' connection of God in the flesh, Christology. And what John says to us is, John points out in chapter 4 a very important contextual visit. He points out that Jesus travels into Samaria on his way to the cross of Jerusalem. No other gospel talks about this, but John does, and there's a reason why. You see, back then, there was a road that went beyond and around Samaria so that the God-fearing Jews, so to speak, could avoid going into Samaria because the, Samarians, the Samaritans were different. They, they were different in their ethnicity. They were different in all ways. They, they were considered to be, you know, heathens, so to speak. We don't want to be friends with them. But there's a reason why Jesus, and John records, didn't take that long road two days around Samaria. Jesus goes directly through Samaria. Why? Because we learn the character of God in this story. Jesus comes to a well in broad daylight a time when a woman should not be there. And she's there alone, which begins to say that there's something others see wrong with her. And Jesus says to her, give me a drink of water from this well. And she looks at Jesus and she says, what are you talking about? You're a Jew and you're a male. You're not supposed to be talking to me. If anybody sees this going on, can you imagine what's gonna happen? And Jesus looks at her and he says, Give me a drink, but what I'm promising you is something far greater. I'm promising you the ability to drink from my well, which represents eternal life. Jesus confronts a person that society said wasn't worth it, a person that society said she made bad decisions, a person that society said we don't like the way she lives. Jesus looks at her and gives her the invitation to life. Later on, we see that, that in Samaria, Jesus is healing lepers, the, the untouchables. But what we find in common is what this woman does. She feels the healing power of the Christ. And she leaves that encounter 
And the scriptures say, John tells us, that she went back to her village and told everyone what Jesus had done. And that whole village became believers in Jesus Christ. And you can imagine what happens in the midst of that. We see the significance of what God does. God changes lives. And through the actions of we who were called according to his purpose, more lives are touched and changed every day. 2020, if we were to look at it, we'd all say, man, it's a dumpster fire, right? We would just go like, flush it, we're done. You know, Patty said to me earlier, nobody wants 2021 to come because when you say it, 2021, think about it, 2021, okay, okay, some of y'all are going like, what do you say? 2020, W-O-N, 1, 2021, okay, anyway, I'll explain it later. But anyway, so, so what, we, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get away from this. But let me tell you, God has been doing so many good things in spite of this pandemic. Now listen, this is just a small representation. Not every ministry that we are part of is gonna be mentioned here, but I just wanna give you an example of some things. Take a look at what God has been doing.
join me in giving the Lord a praise offering this morning. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. See, see, belonging to a local church is so important. And I'd be willing to just put it out there to say that I don't think you can fulfill your journey as a Christian if you're not connected to a fellowship of believers. That's what I believe. I believe that as we've learned, God created us to be in community. And as community, we become the local church. And it's so important. So let me share with you a couple of things that we're looking at as we're looking into 2021. Again, we are looking forward. We're not looking back. A couple of things just to lift up. We want to increase our level of engagement next year because we have an online church and because we have an in-the-building church, because we have online small groups and because we have in-person small groups. We want to make sure that we're engaging with each other. We are one church, and we want to create more ways for you to feel like you are engaging with someone else. So if you are virtual with us, we want to encourage you to chat every Sunday. Say hello to your friends as you see them come up online. Let us know what your prayer requests are. Talk to us about what's happening in your life. Let us engage with you. Those of you that, that are in the building as you come together the best that you can with social distancing for now, you know, um, connect with each other. Uh, have offline Zoom calls, call each other, email, text, whatever it takes. Because one of the things that we found is, is, is that it, it's the creation of the feeling of being lonely. And we want to make sure that we don't do that. And that leads into our second thing that we really want to see happen next year. We want to double the number of our life groups, double the number of small groups that we have. A lot of us are in small groups right now. We're in life groups. What's a life group? Small group. It's 10 to 12 people that you choose to do life together. You meet somewhere else, off the church property, in a house, uh, wherever, in a park, whatever you need to do during this time of the pandemic. But um, you're meeting and you're, you're bearing one another's burdens. You're, you're, you're exposing your souls. You're asking those difficult questions. How well is your soul today? And expecting to help your brother or sister to grow in Christ. You're nurturing each other. We want to see that level double in the coming year. And if you're interested in getting into a life group, why don't you email us at church at stpaulumc.org. For more information, you can go on our general website at stpaulumc.org or check us out on the app. You can see what's happening and we can get you engaged with that. This coming um, year, we also want to increase our commitment level with our community partners. You heard me say earlier that, that we're partnering with local businesses, we're partnering with our government, we're partnering with our schools. And one of the things we want to do is go even more heavily engaged with our schools. Our school partnerships are Ponce de Leon Elementary, Largo Middle, and Largo High School. Those are our three main partners right now. And this coming year, we want to, we want to do even more in engaging with them in lunch pals and, and mentoring and, and in our Jumpstart ministry and all the things that we'll be able to do. We, we want you to be engaging with that. You see, these are, these are great things that God is doing, and God is behind all this. And the invitation is being given to you to engage. So my question to you today is we've been talking about why we love our church and, and why it's there. I'm encouraging you to up your level of commitment with your church. Up your level. Get engaged. Get involved. Serve. Help. Become a part of a small group. Give like you've never given financially. Help out whatever way you are able to do. Let me encourage you to do that because God has created us for this time in this purpose and in this very place to make a difference. And he's counting on you and me to do that. And, and we want to invite you to join with us to make this difference. Why? There it is right there. Say it with me. I love my church. Amen? Amen. Amen.